Hi everyone, welcome back to the Gate of Heaven video diary. I hope you're all enjoying Lord of Grace Abounding. If you haven't heard it yet, it's in the link just below this video. And before we continue with the story, I just want to give you a quick reminder that the album in its entirety is going to be officially released on the night of May 22nd, 2019. Uh, and it's going to be released. Um, it's going to be released uh, at, at the at about two hours after the moment of sunset in Shiraz, Iran, to 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 mark that that moment when on May the night of May twenty second, eighteen forty four, the Bab declared his mission to Mullah Hussein. Uh, and so on that day, on May twenty second. Everyone who supported the Kickstarter campaign back in 2016, the, the, the campaign which was so abundantly and generously supported that it, it enabled uh, me and my producer Kelly and all the musicians who have been working with us to, uh, to, to make not only Year of the Nightingale in honour of uh, the bicentenary of the birth of Baha'u'llah, but uh, but also to make this uh, this twin album, Gate of Heaven, in honor of the bicentenary of the birth of the Bab this year. So uh, I also wanted to remind you that, that in advance of the official album release, there's going to be one more song that will be released, that will be posted on YouTube. And that song is something a bit special. It's something a bit different because it really is the finale of the album and it's the only it's the only song on gate of heaven that is not based on the writings of the bab it's actually based on the writings of another central figure in the story of the dawnbreakers and i wonder if you can guess who that might be <laughs> So if you want, feel free to guess in the comments below. But I'm really looking forward to, to sharing to sharing that with you, as is my, my whole team. So onwards with the story. We are now in the middle of the last of the great upheavals of the Dawnbreakers, the, the, the storm of Zanjan. And Hujat and his, uh, and his supporters have abandoned their homes and have, have taken shelter in, in the, the fort, this f old fort in the city of Sanjan. And Prime Minister Mirza Taki Khan has sent in an army with the express orders to annihilate all of them. And he says to his soldiers, You have been commissioned by your sovereign to subjugate the band of mischief makers in and around Sanjan. It is your privilege to crush their hopes and exterminate their forces. So signal a service at so critical a moment will win for you the Shah's highest favour, no less than the applause and esteem of his people. So eager to win the favour of the Shah, thousands upon thousands of imperial soldiers descend on Zanjan, surrounding the fort, arranging themselves in regiments upon regiments and, and, and building tiers upon tiers of barricades to surround the fort and hem Hujat and his supporters inside as they launch their attacks. And just like in Mazandaran, just like in Nairiz, Nabil tells us, neither their overwhelming numbers nor the superiority of their equipment and training could enable them to reduce the intrepid companions to an unconditional surrender. 
Every time they rushed to attack the fort, Hujat would order a few of his companions, who were 3,000 in number, to emerge from their retreat and scatter their forces. He never failed, every time he gave them such orders, to caution his fellow disciples against shedding unnecessarily the blood of their assailants. He constantly reminded them that their action was of a purely defensive character and that their sole purpose was to preserve inviolate the security of their women and children. We are commanded, he was frequently heard to observe, not to wage holy war under any circumstances against the unbelievers, whatever be their attitude towards us. So in this episode, I'd, I'd really like to focus on, on one particularly outstanding figure in the siege of Zanjan, and that is a young village girl from a peasant family of Zanjan who proves herself to be a, a more formidable opponent than the imperial soldiers or the Prime Minister, or even the King himself, could have possibly imagined, and who, and who by her, her, her actions and her character, becomes one of those great heroes after which the Dawnbreakers is titled. And the name of this village girl is Zainab. And so, I, I, I'd, I'd like to just share with you Nabil's account of the story of Zainab. She was comely and fair of face, was fired with a lofty faith and endowed with intrepid courage. The sight of the trials and hardships which her men companions were made to endure stirred in her an irrepressible yearning to disguise herself in male attire and share in repulsing the repeated attacks of the enemy. Donning a tunic and wearing a headdress like those of her men companions, she cut off her locks girt on a sword, and seizing a musket and a shield, introduced herself into their ranks. No one suspected her of being a maid when she leaped forward to take her place behind the barricade. As soon as the enemy charged, she bared her sword and raising the cry of Ya Saheb Zaman, O Lord of the Age, flung herself with incredible audacity upon the forces arrayed against her. Friend and foe marvelled that day at a courage and resourcefulness, the equal of which their eyes had scarcely ever beheld. Her enemies pronounced her the curse which an angry providence had hurled upon them. Overwhelmed with despair and abandoning their barricades, they fled in disgraceful rout before her. And so Hujat himself is watching all this going on from the top, from the top turret of the fort. And he marvels at this, this one particular companion who, who is racing around down there, fighting off the soldiers, helping the other companions and, and defending the fort with, with unbelievable courage. And as he observes this person, he realizes who it is and he sends for her to be brought back to the fort and to be delivered into his presence. And he says to her, You are surely the same Zainab who volunteered to join the occupants of the fort. And Zainab's eyes 
fill with tears as she bows her head and says to Hujat, I am. My heart ached with pity and sorrow when I beheld the toil and sufferings of my fellow disciples. I advanced by an inner urge I could not resist. I was afraid lest you would deny me the privilege of throwing in my lot with my men companions. I can confidently assure you that no one has hitherto discovered my sex. You alone have recognized me. And Hujat's heart is profoundly moved by, by Zainab's courage and by, by the nobility of her character. And he says to her, this is the day of resurrection, the day when all secrets shall be searched out, not by their outward appearance, but by the character of their beliefs and the manner of their lives does God judge his creatures, be they men or women. Though a maiden of tender age and immature experience, you have displayed such vitality and resource as few men could hope to surpass. Nabil then continues with his account. For a period of no less than five months, that maiden continued to withstand with unrivaled heroism the forces of the enemy. Disdainful of food and sleep, she toiled with fevered earnestness for the cause she most loved. She quickened by the example of her splendid daring, the courage of the few who wavered, and reminded them of the duty each was expected to fulfill. The sword she wielded remained throughout that period by her side. In the brief intervals of sleep she was able to obtain, she was seen with her head resting upon her sword and her shield serving as a covering for her body. Always in the thick and forefront of the turmoil that raged round her, Zainab was ever ready to rush to the rescue of whatever post the assailant was threatening and to lend her assistance to any one of those who needed either her encouragement or support. As the end of her life approached, her enemies discovered her secret and continued, despite their knowledge that she was a maid, to dread her influence and to tremble at her approach. The shrill sound of her voice was sufficient to strike consternation into their hearts and to fill them with despair. So the siege of Zanjan goes on for months and Zainab continues day after day to, to inspire her companions, both men and women, with, with her acts of, of, of just astounding bravery. But the army is increasing in size, more regiments are arriving to, to augment the ferocity of their attacks and to strengthen the, the, the uh, their, their barricades, to, and to, to reinforce the strength of their barricades. And in the midst of one of these increasingly aggressive assaults, Nabil tells us, Zainab leaped out of the gate and raising seven times the cry of Ya Sahib Zaman, rushed to stay the hand that had already slain a number of her companions. 
She ran to the barricades which the enemy had erected, routed those who guarded the first three of the defences, and was engaging in overcoming the fourth, when beneath a shower of bullets she dropped dead upon the ground. And so, along with the names of Mullah Hussein and Qudus and Vahid and all of the other heroes of the Dawnbreakers, the name of Zainab is added to that list of those, those people who laid down their lives for the cause of the Bab. Nabil tells us, such was her devotion that after her death, no less than 20 women of her acquaintance embraced the cause of the Bab. To them, she had ceased to be the peasant girl they had known. She was the very incarnation of the noblest principles of human conduct, a living embodiment of the spirit which only a faith such as hers could manifest. And so, in the next episode, we will bring to a close the upheaval of Zanjan. Thank you for watching, and I will see you soon. <laughs>